Lord, have mercy. Man, I, I know you are blessed. How many of you can testify that Jesus has delivered me? Uh, somebody can raise your hand. Somebody can put in the chat, uh, he's working on me. He's working on me. Haven't arrived yet, but I'm making progress to get where God wants me to be. He is working on me. He has delivered me. For somebody, he is delivering you. But you can give God praise nevertheless. Man, we thank God for Elder Mark Taylor and One Sound for blessing us in such a powerful way today to give God glory in song and, and what unique gifts, uh, what a tremendous spirit uh, God has blessed this group with and, and I'm, I'm grateful for their offering today. Let's go to God in prayer and ask God's blessings on our time. Uh, Father, we bless you and we thank you uh, this day for being with us. And we pray now that everything that we do and everything that we say um, will be pleasing in your sight. Uh, give us preaching power now that as your word goes forth, you will be glorified in it all. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. So we had a Christmas celebration several years ago, and uh, man, it was great. Uh, we had a partnering organization come in with a, another group that we were partnering with, and we had children here, and they came in with presents, and you know, the presents were wrapped, and they presented these gifts, and man, the children went absolutely crazy. Once they got permission to open the gifts, man, all you heard was paper being torn and screams and shrieks as the kids were so thankful and grateful and began to enjoy the toys that they were presented. Now, as they were playing with the toys, you had to know somewhere along the line, trouble was going to come. Here's what happened. One of the toys had multiple parts, and one of the children started playing with a part from a toy that belonged to another child. And as this child was playing with this one part of this toy, the other child who was playing with the other parts realized, oh, that part belongs to this toy. And they wanted the piece of their toy back. And needless to say, there was trouble at the water. Because the child that had taken that little piece of the toy that was enjoying playing with it, even though it did not belong to them, they did not want to give it back to the child it belonged to. They were determined to hold on to it. I mean, pitch the fit. Even though they had a toy, even though they had a toy, matter of fact, they had more than one toy, but they wanted to keep what they had, even though it belonged to somebody else. You know what, my brothers and sisters, I was thinking, what nerve that child had to try to hold on to something that didn't belong to them, to keep from giving it to the child it belonged to, even though they had toys to play with. Why wouldn't they give back that piece of toy to the rightful owner? And then I thought for a moment, oh my God, that child is just like many children of God. 
God blesses us with so much. And instead of us recognizing that everything that we have has come from God and being willing to give back to God just a portion of what he has given to us, we want to hold on to it. And we forget that God gave it to us in the first place, and we act like it's ours. Deuteronomy 10.14 says, look, the highest heavens and the earth and everything in it all belong to the Lord your God. Everything belongs to the Lord. Job 33.6, let me remind you, look, you and I both belong to God. I too was formed from clay. We should never be hesitant about giving anything to God that God asks for. We should never be hesitant about giving anything to God that God requires of us. We should never be hesitant about giving in God's name anything that the Spirit of God moves us to give. But the truth of the matter is there are many of us who are holding tight to what God has blessed us with, and we don't even want to give it back to God. Today, for a few moments, I want to continue our series, and I want to talk to you part two from the thought, how to give God the best you have. How to give God the best you have. Now, our text today is First uh, Chronicles 29. We're looking at the life of David and his worship as they bring this offering from the people to build the temple and to honor God. Uh, you will remember that uh, David, we shared last week, uh, arguably gave the greatest gift ever in terms of honoring God with his substance. In today's money, it would be over $4.1 billion that was presented by David between everything that he had gathered in warfare and his personal wealth and gifts that he had been given. He, he is preparing and gathering all of these resources. God is not going to allow him to build the temple, but God allows him to gather the resources in order to prepare his successor Solomon to build the temple to the glory of God. The people see the example of David in his giving and they give an offering that is so great that, that David is literally blown away and he is moved by the gifts of the people in response to his giving. He is moved to praise God and thank God and pray to God this prayer of thanksgiving for the faithfulness of God in all that he has done. Here's the first thing I want to share with you today as we talk about giving God the best that you have part two. Here's number one. You need to realize when you give to God, you are only giving back to God what he first gave to you. You need to realize when you give, you are only giving back to God what he first gave to you. First Chronicles 29 verse 14. But who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? Who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? David says, who are we? 
that we could give something to God. Watch what he says, the B part of verse 14. Everything we have has come from you, and we give you only what you first gave us. Some of you remember uh, this giving hymn that we would sing, this offertory song, all things come of thee, O Lord, and of thine own have we given thee. All things come from you, O Lord, and what belongs to you we have given back to you. In other words, God, we're not giving you anything that didn't first come from you, and because everything belongs to you, I'm just giving back to you what you have already given to me. Now, it would be like, for example, me giving my child an order of french fries and then uh, asking for one of the french fries, and my child looks at me and, and says incredulously, uh, no, you can't have any, get, get your own french fries. And I say, well, wait a minute, didn't I buy those french fries for you? Didn't I give them to you? And you mean to tell me you are so stingy, so greedy, you are so selfish, self-centered that you won't give me a french fry? Have you ever seen that happen? When you give your children something and they act like they would be doing you a favor to just give back to you some of what you have given to them. David says, who am I and who are my people that we can give you anything? Because everything we have has come from you. He was overwhelmed at the blessings of God upon him and his people. He simply could not understand how God could bless them so much. And so he says to God, God, everything has come to you from you. you. You need to recognize, my brothers and sisters, that everything that you have has come from God. And when God asks you to give back to him, he's only asking you to give back to him out of what he has already given to you. So I was preaching in the Bahamas. I was preaching in the Bahamas, and uh, the Lord led me to do a message on stewardship. And so prior to the service, and I want you to see this so I want you to understand how this played out, Prior to the service, um, I went to one of the deacons, and I said to the deacon, I said, listen, I said, I'm going to give you some money. Um, it was a $50 bill. I said, I'm going to give you this money, and when I ask you to give back, when I ask for somebody to give me $50, I want you to give me the money I'm giving to you. So I'm not asking you to give me what I haven't already given to you. Uh, I'm not going to wait for somebody. I'm expecting you to get up first to give me the $50 that I'm giving to you now. And he said, okay, no problem, Pastor, no problem. So I give him the $50. We're going through the sermon. And I said, you know, when God asks you for, for something, um, he doesn't ask you for anything that he doesn't know you already have. I said, so let me give you an example. I said, I need somebody in this congregation right now, quick, in a hurry. Don't hesitate. I need somebody right now to give me $50. Matter of fact, give me a $50 bill. Give me a $50 bill right now. Somebody give me $50. And nobody moved, including the deacon I gave the money to. I said it again. I said, I need somebody right now. I need somebody right now to give me $50. Give me $50 right now. Nobody moved. I looked at the deacon thinking maybe he didn't hear me. 
He's looking at me, and I'm looking at him. I said, I need somebody who has a $50 bill to give me $50 right now. Give me $50. And then like, he, 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 he jerked. He's like, oh, oh, he's talking about me. And he reached in his pocket and gave me the $50. You should have seen the look on his wife's face. Because his wife looked like, where you get $50 from? How you, how you got $50? I took the $50. And I said, now, I said, the reason... I was so adamant about asking for the $50, and I was specific about asking for the $50, is because I already knew what the deacon had in his pocket. I already knew what he had because I gave it to him before church. I gave it to him before church, and I gave him instructions on when he was supposed to give it to me. Now, here's where the problem came in. When I started asking for it, he acted like I was trying to get it from somebody else. He forgot that I had already given it to him and given him instructions on how to give it to me. Somebody ought to hear me today. When he finally came forward, after I had to literally walk out of the pulpit over to him, stand in front of him and say, I need somebody. And it finally hit him that I was talking to him. And then he gave me what I had already given to him. Now, I got to tell you this. I I took that $50, and the Lord led me to give it to a young lady who was expecting a child. And and what was interesting was when I gave it to her, um, she broke down and started crying. And she said she had been praying because she needed a blessing. She needed to pick up some things, and she didn't have it. And she wouldn't have the money before her paycheck, but she needed to get it before she got paid. She didn't know how she was going to do it. And so the Lord moved and blessed her out of that. Here's my point, though. When the Lord asks you to give something, the Lord already knows what he blessed you with. Like, it's not catching God off guard. He knows what's in your pocket. He knows what you have given to him. And watch this. He knows what he has given to you, and he knows what you have done with what he has given to you, but it doesn't change what he requires of you. Let me say it again in case you missed it. God knows what he has given to you, and he knows what he requires from you, even if you have done something else with what God has blessed you with. That doesn't change what God requires of you. God has laid out and said, this is what I expect from you. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 17. Do not say to yourself, my power and the might of my own hand have gotten me this wealth. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth so that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your ancestors as he is doing today. It is the Lord who gives you power to get wealth. So when God asks you to give, when the Spirit of God moves on your heart to give, it's not like God doesn't know what you have. God knows what you have because he knows what he blessed you with, just like I knew that deacon had $50 in his pocket because I gave it to him before the service. Somebody ought to say, preach, Cofield. 
You may not like it, but listen to me carefully. Whenever God asks you for something, God never asks you to do what you cannot do. When God asks you to do something, you may have been disobedient and you may choose not to do it, but it's not because you can't do it. All of us can do what God asks us to do. Here's the second thing I want you to see. Number two, you need to do all you can with what God has given you while you have a chance. You need to do all you can with what God has given you while you have the chance. Verse 15, 1 Chronicles 29, we are here for only a moment. Visitors and strangers in the land as our ancestors were before us, our days on earth are like a passing shadow gone so soon without a trace. We are here for only a moment after praising and thanking God for his many blessings David acknowledges the brevity of life. David acknowledges his own frailty. David embraces his own humanity. This is a testimony of an old man who has more days behind him than in front of him. Young men think life lasts a long time. Old men know how short life is. Let me say it again. Young men think Life in front of them lasts forever. An old man knows how short, how brief life really is. David is looking back in the backyard of his life as an old man. And David says, man, this thing goes real fast. What are you going to do with what God has blessed you with when life is so brief and time is so short. The late Billy Graham was asked in his 90s, what lesson did he learn about life in all of his journeys and all of his traveling and all of his preaching and teaching? Uh, what, what was it that surprised him about life? And he said, what surprised me about life in his 90s, he said, was how, how quick life goes by. Even in his 90s, what anybody would see and say is a ripe old age. He says, man, it went by so fast. Uh, just the other day, I was talking to somebody, and, and we were talking about my time at Good Hope and, and my time in ministry. And I've been preaching over 40 years, and I thought about that. Man, 40 years, over 40 years, I've been preaching, I've been pastoring over 30 years. And I'm like, man, I'm getting old, y'all. Somebody said to me, he said, Pastor, you're getting old. I said, well, it beats the alternative. I'm, I'm, I want to go see Jesus, but I'm not necessarily ready to go right now. Listen to me carefully. God has blessed us, and, and God has blessed you. And God says to you and God says to me, do all that you can with what you've been blessed with while you have a chance. While you have a chance, listen, we're only here for a moment. We, we are aliens. We are pilgrims. We are strangers in this world. We want to store and save as if we will be here forever, but we won't be here long. There's a balance that you have to have 
between preparing for the future and preparing for eternity and being a blessing right now. You, you've got to learn how to walk in that balance. Look at Psalm 39, beginning at verse 4. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. I'm in the New Living Translation. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. Verse 5, you have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. Verse 6, we are merely moving shadows, and all our busy rushing ends in nothing. We heap up wealth not knowing who will spend it. David, in this 39th division of Psalm praise, he says, Lord, remind me how brief my time is on earth. Uh, the King James translation says, Lord, make me to know my end. How, how, can, how can the Lord remind you of how brief your time on earth is and remind you that your days are numbered? I submit to you, my brothers and sisters, that the older you get, the more often he does it. He reminds us every day when we wake up and we pull the muscle in our sleep. Didn't have to do anything awake to have aches and pains. As our steps grow shorter and our glasses grow thicker, he is reminding us pain and anguish and the inability to move when your mind is moving faster than your body can move. He's reminding you of how short life is and how frail you really are. The Lord says, do all you can with what you have while you can. There's no greater investment we can make than the investment in the kingdom of God here on earth. Because the investment that we make in the kingdom of God here on earth not only blesses time in terms of changing lives in time, but it changes lives in eternity. And there's somebody who's watching right now. God is speaking to you, and God is saying, yes, listen, do all you can with what I've blessed you with, and do it while you have the chance. Um, new clothes and new cars and Man, listen, whatever you get, somebody had it before you got it. Somebody's going to have it after you're gone. But the old song is true. Only what you do for Christ will last. And so when we talk about our giving to God, remember, we're just giving him back what he has blessed us with. We're not getting in order to keep. We're getting from God to show our obedience to God and to be a better blessing to those who are around us in time and into eternity. Just like that deacon, when I had to walk over and remind him that I had given him something before service and I was only asking him to give back to me what I had already given to him, don't make God remind you that he's only asking you to give to him what he's already blessed you with. Remember, every good and perfect gift comes from him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity 
to live for you with the time that you've blessed us with. I pray now, God, that I pray that we would be better stewards for you, better servants for you, better witnesses for you, that we would be used by you joyfully as we give back to you a portion of what you have given to us. And may we do the best that we can and make the best of the time that you have blessed us with while we have a chance. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, it wasn't long ago that I did a funeral and it was amazing to me uh, because I've noticed this at funerals that I've done over the last 40 years. I've never heard anybody at a funeral talk about a person's net worth. Never heard them talk about all that they had left behind. And if they did, it was because they didn't have anything else good to say about them. But what I've heard people talk about is how somebody made them feel, the kind of person they were, how they enjoyed spending time with them, how they would leave their presence feeling better than when they entered their presence. And, and my hope and prayer is that during this Holy Day season, you would make that commitment to be the best that you can possibly be. Now listen, if you need the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, if you want to become a Christian, I want you to click on the link that will show you how to become a Christian, uh, how to be saved, how to ask Jesus Christ into your life. And I'll walk you through that process to pray the prayer of salvation, to confess your sins with your mouth and believe in your heart that God sent Jesus Christ to die for you and that he was raised from the dead to pay the price for your sins. If you're looking for a church home, you can unite with us on the digital platform, just say, I want to join the church. Type that into the chat or just click on that link and we will follow up with you and welcome you to the family of hope on the digital platform, I Hope Church. If by chance you are watching today and you know what, you just need prayer, you just want somebody to pray for you, then let us know that as well and we will be happy to pray for you. We have prayer warriors that are praying uh, every day, and we would love to be able to pass your prayer requests on to our prayer warriors and have our staff and our prayer warriors pray for you, all right? Um, if you want to worship the Lord in giving with us, uh, you could have done that throughout the service, but if you were waiting to do that, six ways you can worship the Lord in giving on a digital platform, and uh, again, it's an investment into the kingdom work. You know what God has blessed you with, and you know what God is leading you to do. Um, for those of you who may not have given the entire year, as some have indicated to me, it's not too late uh, for you to worship the Lord in giving and to honor the Lord with your substance. All right? I want to thank again Elder Mark Taylor and One Sound for being with us. Uh, thankful for their ministry. We pray that God would bless them, uh, not just with long lives, but uh, give them a length of service and ministry that will allow them to touch lives 
locally, nationally, and internationally. And I know there are some of you who are watching around the world, and so I want to thank you for tuning in as well. Don't forget, God is doing something wonderful in you. God is doing something wonderful in me. He's still working on us. He's still molding us and shaping us. And my hope and my prayer is that you are a willing vessel to allow the potter to mold you and shape you into what he wants you to be. All right? God bless you is my prayer. Until next time.